welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning, Hope City Church. Good morning, Hope City Church. We wish we could be there with you in person. We do. Welcome to our living room, our sound studio. We've got it all set up and we're happy to be here with you. We think we've got some things to share with you from the Word mm-hmm. that we trust with all of our heart, help you, bless your heart, encourage you, strengthen you, and fix, repair, restore, renew all the things that need to be done. There's so many things that um, get overlooked when we can't be together. There's nothing that replaces the ability to touch. Body parts are intended to touch other body parts, but... In the same token, they do that touching in concert with the Word, with the Spirit of God, and He knows no boundaries, the Word knows no hindrances, and we're just going to believe that today that the Word of God is enough to plant seeds in all of our hearts and minds that we can go into the future He's called us to together. Yeah, amen. Bless you, bless bless you, you, bless you. Yeah. In John chapter 8, we're going to talk this morning about the importance of the Word and being connected to the Word and really the kind of things that might come and assail your mind and try and persuade you to go otherwise. I'm thinking right now about how the devil lies to us and that the intent of every lie is to get us to agree with the lie and disagree with what God's Word says, whether it's about ourselves, whether it's about somebody else, or even like Satan accused God to even the book of Genesis uh, it's it's maybe even to malign God. So these things happen over and over in our life, and the remedy, the way out of it, is the word of truth mm-hmm. through our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. I was just thinking about uh, the comments that you made earlier about uh, body parts touching. You know, Hebrews tells us that we're not supposed to fors- forsake the assembling of yeah. ourselves together. And one of the dynamics that COVID has created is the um, restrictions that we have for gathering as a body. And, you know, one of the things that we glean in a body is the strength and the encouragement that we have from one another so that uh, we're able to hold each other accountable. And so when we've got areas in our life that uh, potentially aren't quite measuring up to what the Word of God encourages us to do and be and say and think, we have other members in the body of Christ that we're connected with that can can bring us along and sure. encourage us in that. So, so we trust that as we are all rejoining, that um, there is that wonderful realignment and restructure being done in our hearts and our minds by the Spirit of God and that we are actually stronger in these days than uh, weak because of them. That's right. Mm-hmm. And imagine all that grace being present in the household, so we end up trying to practice on each other. <laughs> and it has a We call that the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, it has a certain wholesome effect on it, but but we do we do all need each other. We we need we that do. we need that contact. We were designed to have it and I think I would say that after this is all finished, you might be tempted not to participate quite as freely as you oh, once did and think that, that you true? Could, think that you could live off of a computer screen somewhere. And while, while computer screens can convey information, yeah. they can in, even convey intensity. They just don't have that same impact of heart right. that goes quite as deep right. or lasts 
quite as long into someone's life. It's so, not good for man to no, be alone. No, that's it's right. It's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, that's right. So you have to, you'll have to make sure that when you come yeah. back, that you've let walls down, you've built some gates through walls, mm -hmm. that, you, mm -hmm. that you're willing to go through somebody else's fence and go see how they are and yeah. check on them. Don't let, don't let the isolation of your external man turn into a spiritual internal no, isolation. absolutely. It won't be healthy. It'll, no, be, it's not it'll healthy. be worse than having the flu. Right. It'll be worse than having any kind of sickness that could come on you. Right. The fear would run rampant in a case like that. Yeah, it does. So in John chapter 8, there's so yeah. many interesting things in John chapter 8. It's hard to know where to start and where to stop, but we've got limited time and want to make some specific points. Jesus is preaching. He's preaching to the Jewish leaders. It seems like that the event of the woman caught in adultery along with the, the missing man is uh, sort of inserted in there and stops the conversation, stops his preaching, when that's all dealt with, he picks it right back up and he's talking to the Jews and some of the Jews actually are believing in him. So it says in verse number 29, he said, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. There's the idea of alone yeah, again. Yeah, I was looking at that. I was looking at that. I always do. Mm -hmm. I always do. I, I usually do. I often do. <laughs> I sometimes do. The things that I know that are pleasing to him but there are probably a lot of things that are pleasing to him that I don't even know whisk right over my head. But nonetheless, mm -hmm. he said, I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So many of the them are the Jewish leaders, the Jewish people listening to him. And he said, so Jesus said in verse number 31 now, to the Jews who had believed in him. So he's, he's not talking to his disciples alone. He's not talking to the crowd alone. He's talking fundamentally to a group of leaders who have nodded their heads and say, yes, we, we hear what you're saying. Then he goes on and he says, if you abide in my word, mm -hmm. you are truly mm -hmm. my disciples. Mm -hmm. So he's told us in that verse, in that passage of verses there, that there's something more required than simple lip service, the nodding of the head acknowledging that Jesus is Lord. There's something more required. Or Savior, Jesus is Savior, Right. Yeah. Something more than acknowledge him as the one who comes into my life and rescues me from um, adversities or Savior being rescuing me from this place of eternal damnation and then all of the problems that I, that I face. We, we talk about Jesus is Lord, meaning the one who directs and leads my life. Um, you know, there's that's a... That's a profound thought because most people do come into the kingdom simply accepting him as their savior. Mm -hmm. And as important and real as that is, he won't really take you anywhere, which is kind of the case that's being talked about here, I suppose, and indirectly, because by the time the chapter's finished, uh, he's told them they were all devils. <laughs> and he's told them that they were all... Well, Pharisees and Sadducees, Right. Well, yeah. This, and the this, people that are around in the crowd. It's this mystical them he's talking yeah, to. Yeah, them them yeah. shows up probably a half a dozen or ten times in the in the chapter. He's talking to them. Yeah. So you can go through there and read on your own and see who them is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a bigger part of the crowd than other part of the crowd. But he's, he sums it up by saying, and he's talking to the same group, at least in the rest of the chapter. He says to him that uh, that you're of your father the devil, and you you do this because you want to fulfill the desires of your father, and he's the father of all lies. So, 
how does that square up there at the top when mm-hmm. we start reading when it says they believed in him? And he said, but you have to abide in my words. To me, it simply says mm-hmm. that once you come into the kingdom, once you've stepped through that magical threshold of acknowledging the reality of Christ and accepting him as your Lord, even as your Savior, that you don't get to go park on the sofa and just expect life to swirl around you and make things better. That there are cultural things that are shaken, that are challenged, and that's indeed what the rest of the chapter yeah, is. Yeah, it is. They're arguing about what the truth is, yeah, about who right. they are. And, and I and I think, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> go ahead. I, I think in today's culture, yeah. I remember Jacob saying one time when we were at a conference that one of the dynamics that he ran into all the time was a generation that did not accept the Bible as absolute authority or truth. And so I think we're still facing that today culturally. What is truth? Mm-hmm. Who, who can, can, how can this book really present truth? But, but I think that's the whole dynamic of Jesus coming along and saying, you believe in me. You believe Jesus. John's gospel starts off with, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And all of a sudden, it becomes flesh and dwells amongst us in the person of Jesus Christ. And now we're able to behold God. Hebrews tells us it's by faith we understand. So all of this requires us to simply believe first and foremost without any proof that this is truth. I think it's Psalm 119 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And Jesus, when he's praying in John chapter 17, he decrees your word is truth. And so right here in this portion of scripture where he's coming along and he's saying, you have to believe on me because I am the way, the truth and the life. If you believe on me, there's no other way to the father except through me. So I'm presenting you with a truth that will bring not only salvation into your life, but it will place you into a position of becoming a disciple. If you will receive my word, if you will believe my word, if you will abide in my word, this word begins to shape and renew your mind, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there is something that is so alive about this word and our belief in in Jesus that begins to alter our thinking, our spirit. We're born again. Our, Our spirit is made alive unto God. Our mind begins to be reshaped. And he goes on and talks to these guys about about believing this liar of your father, the devil. He's a liar. The devil's a liar, the father of all lies. And so we have the father and Jesus, his son, who is truth with the devil, who's a liar, who's always distorting the truth. And Jesus comes along right in the middle of that and says, you have to choose what you're going to believe. He does. He does. And Thus says the Lord, amen. That was very good. That's kind of a whole sermon in a nutshell right there. <laughs> Sorry. But no, you don't need to be. Because like Brother Hagin said, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them <laughs> tell what them you again. told them. So, so in, in verse uh, 43, I, I read it while Gene's speaking mm-hmm. here. And this this is the crux of the case. Yeah. In verse 43, he says, why, 43, 43. Uh, 43, 43, sorry. Yeah. Why do you not understand what I say? Yeah. Understand yeah. what I say. Don't yeah. just let it go in one ear and out the other. Right. It is because you cannot bear 
to hear yeah. my word. Yeah, then he starts with the devil stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's talking to people who've said they believed him, and he says, I'll tell you why you don't get it. It's because you can't stand to bear my word. So hear it. Yeah, in a in a wow different angle, maybe for what Gene just said. You you get born again. You get filled with the Spirit. You get saved. Jesus is your Lord. You move you move into the deeper things of God. Culture has trained you. You're marked yeah. by your values, yeah. by your beliefs. Yeah, the way your parents have raised you. Whatever the, happened. Yeah. Whatever happened. All of it, all mm -hmm. of the above. Mm -hmm. Your your own values, the things that you think are important. When I got born again, I did not think the things that God thought were important. I did not agree with him. Right. And I did not necessarily read my Bible and say to myself all the time, God's right and I'm wrong. No, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say God's right and I'm wrong. I said, God's been right about this and he seems wrong about that. But the fact that he was right about this I need to give him the benefit of the doubt and keep looking. And besides that, we both had a great spiritual hunger. Mm -hmm. So you remarked about how in our world today, this is not accepted as absolute truth. Mm -hmm. My witness is this. I've been reading my Bible for 25, 45 years. Yeah. And I believe it now more than I ever have. Absolutely. I believe it to be literally true. I, I have never encountered a human being in my life whose story was not in this book. That's right. I've never encountered a circumstance or an event that wisdom was not unfolding yeah. in this book and how to deal with it. Now, I don't know how you'd write a book like that. No, no. But it covers every aspect of life. So I believe it. I believe it profoundly more than I ever believed it. I wouldn't beat anybody with it. But for me, uh, it has settled its issue that it is the absolute wisdom of the ages. Yeah. It covers every aspect that humanity could ever find themselves embroiled in, gives the consequences for taking the wrong turn, gives the promises for making the right turn, and shows you the process yes. of having to internalize it and make those steps. I, so so he said, he said in verse, back up in the 30s we are reading there, he said, if you abide in my word, mm -hmm. if you abide in my word, you'll be alive. And that's where it says that infamous yeah. verse, that yeah. famous verse where he says, uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yeah. Then he comes along before he starts on him in earnest and says, the problem is, is you don't, you can't bear to hear my word. Yeah. So whatever your world is, your your world, your world is going to confront your soul yeah. where the word of God lives. Your circumstances, your friends, your relationships, your family, and you have a choice that you have to make at that interface where you get smacked. Yes, yes. Where the word of God in you gets smacked yes. by the events and by the powers of your life. Yeah. You can go on and be cool or you can stay <laughs> strong and you can be straight and you can be right. Steadfast, immovable. That's now, right. in my house, we've, we've done this <laughs> and we've faded only to find out, whoa, we've moved. Weebles wobble. Weebles wobble, but we do fall down <laughs> and have to work ourselves back towards the right, right the right perspective. Right. Any ground lost. Yeah. Jesus, hear this. Any ground lost is doubly hard to be regained. Mm -hmm. Your best steps always to stay firm, rooted in the word of God, trusting in him, abiding in that truth, abiding in that word. Yeah. So while Gene finishes up here, we'll look over in Luke 9 for a minute. Okay. I was just thinking earlier, too, where, you know, sometimes when we're looking for truth, what is truth, we're always looking for proof that it's true. 
And uh, I know when I came into the kingdom of God, I simply had to believe that this was true. The yeah. proving, the proving came after I made the choice to believe that it was true. And I was thinking about how Jesus, after he has risen from the dead and appears to the disciples, he says to uh, what Thomas says, unless I can see him, unless I can touch him, unless I can look on him and handle him, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus comes along and stands in the midst of them after his resurrection and rebukes them for their hardness of heart, for their, un yeah, for their unbelief. And then he says to Thomas, Thomas, stick your finger in this hole and touch me and see that I am not alive. And then he makes that famous statement, blessed is he who believes and has not seen. And so this is foundational to our lives as believers for us to come along and no matter what we're seeing externally, that our belief is in what Jesus has said about it, what the Father has decreed in the face of every adversity. We choose to believe that God is true. Let God be true and every man a liar right. in every situation where man disagrees with what God has already decreed. So it is, it is vitally important that we as children of God have a daily diet that is abiding in the word of God. You, you primarily, our first resource is the word of God. This, this is our daily bread that we feed on that leads us and guides us into all the truth and we'll know that truth and then the truth brings freedom into our lives. But you have to believe it. You have to have an ear that leans in to hear it, believe it, so that you can obey it and do it. And you kind of have to take the wheels off, put it up on blocks, and stay there too. Yeah, It's not just enough to have it pass down the highway of your heart or of your mind. You've got to park. You've got to stay there with it, and you've got to be willing to do that. But I know this about the Lord. He's not, uh, he's not, he's not slack about showing you his worthiness, his reliability, and proving to you that he's, re he's reliable. Absolutely. You don't have to accept every word in the book the first day you open the book. You just have to open the book and let the spirit of truth bring truth to your heart. He's not going to brainwash you. He's not going to blindside you. Just conversations with him through the word of truth. He'll reveal himself to you. That's why... And He'll make your life better. That's right. That's that's the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit, right? You don't know he, about the whole purpose, but that's a that's a big purpose. <laughs> <laughs> he leads you into the truth. He and does. so you you have to be willing to work with God. Let God work with you and lead you into the things that you need to hear and that you need to know. And then if you just lean into that, if you have a, a hunger to hear what he's saying. The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth for the purposes of life and wholeness in him. we got a few verses we're going to read over in Luke chapter 9, and they are pregnant with truth that you won't get to experience today. I'd encourage you to read them. I suspect you all know them. They're often quoted and cited. But Jesus is speaking, and he's uh, coming along in verse number 23. And he said to all of them, after he's worked some great miracles and some revelations come, he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross daily. I read this expression out of out of Luke instead of the other gospel because it's got the word daily in there. Yeah, that's good. Daily's a fight. Mm-hmm. Daily's a battle of its own kind. It's not just enough to have stepped over a barrier and crossed it one time and say, thank goodness we're past that, we're consecrated mm-hmm. now. There's a there's a daily dying. Paul said, I die daily. Yeah. You die daily to your own appetites, to your own will, to your own weakness, to your own strength, to your own wisdom, to your own ignorance. But he said, after me, let him deny himself. If he's going to follow after me, take up his cross daily and follow me. So the denial comes before the taking up of the cross. That's important to remember. What's it look like to deny, to deny yourself? I really want to tell you exactly what I think about it. (laughs) But Jesus said that these words are supposed to come out of my mouth are full of grace and truth and mercy. Yeah. So instead of me telling you what I really think about my how my flesh feels or how my soul's responded, I reach past my me and try and grab the word of truth out of my heart by the Spirit of God. Right. And the most wonderful thing happens. It's not like doing more push-ups, which is not a good thing. <laughs> it's like... I reach past my own weakness yeah. and something about the breath of the Spirit of God yeah. makes the truth come alive. Yeah. So by the time the right words are out of my mouth, I've, I'm, I'm glad that I said that yeah, yeah. They, they, are, they are words of life, they're words of truth. Yeah. Amongst other things, there's a thousand expressions. But he says, yeah. take up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life, and this is what we're going to talk about, this is the one thing we got left time to talk about is the word life. Whoever loses his life for my sake, not just gets killed because his wife wants him to do something, will save it. For what does it profit a man Mm -hmm. if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Mm -hmm. Self is in the same idea there. We're coming back. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words. Mm -hmm. I'm not so ashamed of the Lord. He did a good thing for me. It's, I don't want to have to tell anybody what he said. It's his words that make me stumble. Mm. He's like said, when I can't get healed. Mm, that would be true. Mm-hmm. That would be true. You'd start making excuses about yeah. why your circumstances are, yeah. are infringing upon your testimony. Yeah, yeah. Well, it so, does. Those are the kind of things that <coughs> cause you to shut yeah, your mouth yeah, and yeah. not decree mm-hmm. the reality of God. But there's also a thing like whoever's ashamed of me and my words. So let's, let's talk about tithing for a second. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not ashamed to go to church and let Jesus be my Savior, but the part where he says I'm supposed to tithe or I'm supposed to give or I'm supposed to be walk in love, I don't like that part. I'm not forgive. Gonna, yeah, I don't want to forgive. That's that's expensive. So I'm like, that's not for me. That that word's not been revealed to me. <laughs> yeah. Ashamed of me yeah. and my words. Of him will the Son of Man be ashamed. This is not an happy thought. When he comes in his glory and the glory of his Father and of the holy angels. Behold, I tell you truly, there are some, some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And there are things that happen in this chapter where they do see the kingdom of God. But we're going to talk just for a few minutes, just a handful of minutes, about that word life where it says, daily follow me, whoever would save his life, in verse 24, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Mm-hmm. You can find translations that say this. There are some words in Greek, like there are in any language, that have more than one meaning, depending on how they're applied in the sentence. So we translate this word commonly as life, but it's the word suke, it's the word soul. 
So today, just for the next five, today, here's how we're going to look at this. For whoever will lose his soul for my sake will save it. Now, my soul is my, my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own values, my own, my own taste. My soul is my own emotions, my own desires, my own ambitions. He just didn't say, lose yourself. The beautiful thing about losing yourself in Christ, it's not really losing you. You really don't have that much to lose of yourself. But when you lose yourself for him, when you lose your identity. That's right. When you lose that place where all of those cultural voices are hammering at you, implementing the world's values into you, telling you who you're supposed to be. It's not pleasant to die to that. No. It's, it's not something where you can really come along and say to somebody else, the will of the Lord is for you to live this way, to have this relationship, not to have that relationship. These have attachments in your own mind, in your own makeup, in your own heart, in your own ambitions, that you have to take all of your appetites, all of your desires, and lay them before the Lord and say, this might be what I want, but I don't know that I really want what you want, but I'm willing to want what you want me to want. I lay these things down. I lay these things down and man, in my case, I lay them down and I stand up and pray and I'm done. And before I know it, those things have jumped up and got back in my pocket again. Mm -hmm. I'm carrying them out the door with me just like I came in the door with me. There, there's repetition required. There's, yeah. there's a shaving layer by layer yeah. off of your own self to where you say, not for my sake, but for your sake, Lord Jesus. I lose my life because we all know mm -hmm. that if I won't lose my attitudes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if I won't lose my own appetites, there's not a chance that I'm going to lay down my life. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said, if you lay down your life for my sake, you'll gain it. You can't even begin to lay down the physical aspect of your life. You can't, you can't do that without first dealing with what's going Jesus, on in here right. and what's going on in here and saying, I'm prepared to be changed. So many times in my life, I faced the need to change, to become something that I was afraid to become, hmm. to, to, to lose myself. Nobody wants to lose themselves. That's, that's what you really fight so hard to hang on to, is your shattered, broken, stinky identity. Yes, but all of our life we're supposed to be, be being conformed into the image of Jesus. So when you come into the kingdom of God, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The first thing you need to understand is there is a transformation that's going to take place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you can contribute to that. Yeah. You can resist it. Yeah. Uh, but but that's the subtle pressure all the time. That's He's right. pushing. You can move away. You can push back. That's right. And and you can push back, and he and he doesn't go away. No. As long as you name the name of Christ, he's yes. there. Yes. He's there waiting for yes. you to... Let him in a little bit farther yeah. to get a little bit more room and yeah. take a little bit more possession. So probably at 67 years of age, I wish I'd known some of the things I know now. I wish I'd known anything that I know now when I was 30 <laughs> years old. But I didn't have the soul capacity for it. And why didn't I? It's because I was still in there. That's right. You and were still in charge. if I wasn't charge. there, Gene was there. We, <laughs> we, were, we were together. We were learning and growing together. And I don't begrudge the time it took to grow up, to change, no. to grow up even to this small spot, to mature and to develop. 
because I've learned to surrender my soul. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. And I and you know, I think there's that place in life where you have to coming back to Jesus saying, Abide in my word, there's that place where you are can only be transformed by the renewing of your mind to where as you look into the perfect law of liberty, you are changed at what you behold. And and this is not something you have to do in your own strength. There is, like I said earlier, a living place of the word of God by the spirit of God that works that transformation. There's a grace that comes into your life to help you to, to help you transform, to help you conform to the image of Jesus. And as you yeah. attend to that word, as you willingly lay down your life, willingly submit to what Jesus says, mm-hmm. leaning into that pressure that you are able to be changed into the image that you behold from the word of God. That's right. That's very good. You're going to make a good preacher. Lots of pray for him. Okay. So, Father, we thank you today. We do. That as you come into hearts and lives, that your spirit does quicken not only our heart, but quickens our minds to the reality of your Jesus. word. Father, we desire to believe you. Father, we choose to feed upon your word that has life. And Father, we're thankful that as we feed upon you, that it sustains us, it nourishes us, it strengthens us, it enlightens our hearts and minds. And Father, we are willing and able to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, to abide in your word and follow after you so that you may be glorified in us and through us on this earth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.